Hello, everybody. Welcome to another segment of Life Through K's Eyes. We are now starting with the New Year Get Down, where this is Season 2, Episode 2, where we're going to talk about financial freedom. Now, for the most part, I just want to let you know, I would just normally give you a few statistics and do all these other things. I'm going to give you those, but we're going to jump right in hardcore on this situation because now it is deeply in my spirit knowing that this needs to be talked about. All righty. So during the course of me doing a little bit of research, I realized that they're saying that 1.7 billion adults remain unbanked. 7.1 million American households don't have a bank account. 160 million are online banking, okay? 30 million people use the cash app, but 7 million people are using the cash card as some type of form of banking to, to get some, to get business done. All right. And so we're going to jump right on here. I got my love up here. This is my confidant, my sweetie. I, you know, I love her to pieces and she has, she's coming to us today with 30 years of financial experience okay because i don't know anything about finances i'm just you know trusting on her experience to pull us through this we're going to keep it soft this time abc's of banking just a conversation just to get you going so you can know what um, dynamic and what direction we're going to come in she has agreed to come on and do this segment you know every so often we probably do it every other month or something like that and just kind of keep ourselves flowing to get you guys going because in 2022 we need to keep our finances tight I'm telling you that the, the finance, the economic world is getting ready to take a turn and we need to be on top of it. Okay. With that being said, my love, Minister Donna Fulcher. <laughs> well, thank you, my sister, for having me. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast. Um, I'm, I'm really excited um, along with you about uh, us having financial freedom, especially when it comes amongst the um, black community. Um, we perish for the lack of knowledge. Yes, That's what yes. the word says. And I, it's, it's a behoof upon all of us to make sure that not only ourselves have financial freedom, but also our brothers and sisters. Because it takes work to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. All righty then. Well, like I said, I really don't know anything other than um, basically how I've survived all these years through budgeting. And my mom always had a yellow legal pad like this one such as this. And she put all the bills down and she wrote them down and she decided who was going to get paid when and what was for what. And I think that budgeting is the top foremost thing that you, that we need to be thinking about. So what we're going to do now is debunk the first the first way. Um, and that is, do you have to be rich or well off middle class to have financial freedom? No, ma'am. No, ma'am, not at all. It, it goes back to the mindset. We have to make a decision. If we want to have financial freedom um, going forward, even if we've made mistakes in the past or we're struggling at that moment, it's never too late to make a decision to change that attitude, or should I say, change that mindset and move forward. 
it may take a while, but it takes work and it takes determination. If you truly want to come out of a situation, you can. It's just having those resources and know what you can do in order to come out. Just say this, rich people most often are born rich. They've already have generational wealth. But when it comes to us, it's like people who don't know about finances for the most part because we were never taught, right? Our parents were taught. And I'm, I'm largely speaking about the black community, you know, because they didn't have the same opportunities that others had. They didn't have the same education. They didn't have anybody to teach them. Uh, and if there was, it was, it was a small few. It was because someone taught them how that passed down the the knowledge from generation to generation. But unfortunately, it's not all. It's not the case for everybody. So it does take work. It takes mindset. It takes planning, and it most of all it takes discipline. All right. In order to move. Yes. Well, the two things I took away from that is it's never too late, you guys, and discipline. Okay, never too late and discipline. All righty then. So what's the first step to financial freedom? Okay, so a lot of experts have different steps into financial freedom. Um, but if, if you do the research, you'll see that most of them have the same common uh, denominators. And what I was taught in banking, that there are pretty much three steps to financial freedom that's knowledge knowledge that's planning and that's budgeting so can we go back to the first thing when i come to knowledge you said something about statistics mm -hmm. or you will be mentioning statistics mm -hmm. and uh, again i stress in this and i i hate to stress it but as who i am i have to stress within our community there's a lack of knowledge and the word that said we perish for the lack of knowledge we need to find out as much as possible about financing because you've got to start somewhere so why not start at the beginning research it okay and so that means you have to educate yourself and when you educate yourself and know everything you possibly can to give you that ability to earn then you'll learn how to save and that goes to the point where if you learn how to save you won't be dependent always on loans and um credit because don't get me wrong, loans and credits is what we need to build our build ourselves. Because just think about it, in the United States of America, credit means everything. Mm -hmm. So at some point, you would have to get some credit. But I'm talking about educating yourself to know I can have what I need to have if I learn what I need to know about finances. And once I know that, then I can go to the next step, which is planning. Once I'm educating myself, then I can make the decision what goals I want to reach. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you write those goals down, you know, you're planning for your future that consists of knowing, okay, I have a job and that job provides 401k. It behooves you to be a part of that, right? Because that's going to help you with your financial freedom in the future retirement. So when you do retire, you have some money to fall back on. You won't necessarily have to get a a second job in order to survive because statistically now most people who are retiring have to get a second job even though they thought they had enough to cover for the uh, for the future but as everything change in life things want to change by the time you do retire life changes um, circumstances changes so you want to make sure you have enough income um, when you retire. If you want to get that second job just to be doing something, that'd be that'd be the idle thing. Mm -hmm. But to be dependent on a second job, that means you quite didn't get the research right. 
in order to make sure you are financially secure in your t- retirement. Speaking of the now, if you want to grow and to um, get something in the now, the near future, like within a year or whatever, you have to budget and you have to save, right? So you have to sit down and, and make a determination of what you're saving for. And when you do make that decision, I promise you, and you put something aside, most often we say 20% of what you earn is what you need to be putting aside for your um, for your savings and things and such. That way that you won't have to be dependent on paycheck to paycheck to pay your things. If you need to put a down payment on a car, bam, you can go into your savings and you already have it. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about those things. You have to plan. What's your goal? What are you looking to do? You're looking to save to purchase a home or whatever, but you have to be there. Go back again to that having that mindset i need to save and once you get in the habit of savings trust me it's going to put you in the habit of paying your bills on time it's going to put you in a pattern that you'll do what you need to do to obtain that goal that you're reaching for all righty then so now so now so now you know my my philosophy on this she says knowledge planning and budgeting so I'm, oh, a- I'm sorry i meant budget i'm so sorry i didn't mean to, to cut across you when you do budget of course we know that means you need to know how much you're making how much you're paying your bills right and you know how much you have over even in that situation like i said take at least 20 percent of that and then you have a certain amount that you're going to actually do entertaining or whatever and sometimes you may have to skip every paycheck or whatever as far as the entertainment but it comes back to the de- de- uh, determination but at the end of the day you can't be like the Joneses. You, you have to have a plan. Even the Joneses don't need to be like the Joneses. The Joneses need to f- obtain wisdom. So we need to obtain wisdom in what we're doing in budget. Okay. So, l- like she was saying, knowledge, planning, and budgeting. Now, for me, like I said, I want I want you guys to um, really, we don't want to move too far ahead of you. We want to kind of bring ourselves back to the ABCs of of where you may be now. It, first of all, if you are not writing your bills down monthly, putting them in a column and knowing how much you are paying out, that's a definite no-no. You should know what you are paying out because if you don't know what you're paying out, you don't know what you can afford to pay yourself. You know, because you're supposed to be able to pay yourself. You're supposed to be able to pay yourself. And once you learn that, you 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 will you will see, oh, I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm doing too much with this. If you you know, just like all the amenities we we give ourselves, like Netflix and all of this, you may have to make a choice between one of those because now you will see I can't even afford to pay myself because I'm giving those things away. So when, when, when should we start banking? Like in the very beginning, like I'm, I'm green. I don't know nothing. What, what, you know, what, what should I start banking? When you're a teenager, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. As, early, as early as you can comprehend what these things are. Now, remember I told you that, that unfortunately, because we didn't know, you know, we didn't have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were in school. Um, when we had, you know, all of us, of course, had reached, you know, um, um, had, uh, you know, we were, how can I say this? Uh, our, our learning was mm-hmm. different. You mm-hmm. know, some were able to comprehend a little bit better than others. So they would hire in certain 
subjects, mm-hmm. because like math. Some mm-hmm. of us had just a basic math. Some had, you know, calculus. Some had geometry or whatever. Um, so our academics were different. Mm-hmm. But no matter what our, where we were academically, we all had to have one particular class. And I don't know if you remember it. Yes, it I do. Yes. Everybody, I don't care where you were, you could be smart as I don't know what, but if you didn't take that class, you could not pass. You could not graduate. Taught us how to write checks. Yes. How to write a check, how to balance a checkbook, how to do. Debits and credits. Yes. All of that. I remember that class. And I had to ask my children one time before, you know, they, um, they didn't teach y'all that. No, no, no. That's the that's the fundamentals. Th- those are the those are the foundations mm-hmm. of of how we learn how to function in society financially mm-hmm. or whatever. So they set us up, and then of course the years it dissipated. It mm-hmm. just it wasn't it wasn't even a factor, which was the greatest harm they could get. You know, you know. Unfortunately, I think, I think that what I think that what took it to the right was as time progressed you know the atm card was not used the way we use the atm card now the atm card back then you pulled it in strictly to pull money out but it didn't have no numbers on it uh for the purpose of being able to use it like a mastercard or a visa remember it had just the the bank's name on it bank of america you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. just just had the company the bank's name on it and your name would be on it and then some type of little code number so it associated with you but nothing like like now i I think when we reached that dynamic, when we turned that corner and they started putting those Visa logos and MasterCard logos and stuff on the cards, I think then that's when everything turned. And, you know, and I told my kids that even though you have a a bank card, you still uh, make the check ledger. So if you put in your money and you add it to what was already there and you whenever you go to the ATM, you still come back and write down whatever you did. But, you know, hey, I'm a money person, you know, so everyone's not thinking that way. Absolutely not. And and, and that's another thing that needs that's another subject in itself. But to take it back to what we learned in school, we had a foundation mm-hmm. and that's where it's missing. The foundation is not there. And once you have that, you pass it on, you pass it on, you know, to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So therefore now, like I said, to start is as soon as you can teach your children um, to when they can comprehend what banking is all about. I have clients as young as 13. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. opening checking and savings accounts for those individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I teach, uh, I do go out and do presentations and things and such. Mm-hmm. And I do teach, even in the schools, where you need to start. What is a checking account? What is a savings account? Which are the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I teach those things and why we need to have them. So when they do get older, they can start comprehending how things work. I have clients who have been married for over 50, 60 years and a spouse died and they're clueless. Mm-hmm. Because that one person was, they were dependent on that person, mm-hmm. dependent upon that person to do everything. And mm-hmm. then when that person died, they were lost. So mm-hmm. I had to teach a 70 or 80 year old person how to maintain a checking account. Mm-hmm. What debit cards are, what online banking are, is, things of that such. So the foundation must be there. And it's um, never too late. So you kind of went into the segue of what I wanted to ask next. What is the simplest bank account that if you don't have no knowledge on what you're doing, you should go out there and get? It's a checking account and a savings account. 
And depending upon where you are, you may have to have just a little bit more than, than one. Sometimes uh, it's best to have a checking account and a savings account, two savings accounts. One is for to for like your future um, emergence or emergencies that comes upon, mm-hmm. upon you or whatever. And then you may have the, the regular savings um, where you can have that flexibility if you need it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one is just like... Uh, um, you know, you can't touch that one or whatever. So it depends on where you are, depends on, again, as far as your budget and what you're trying to do. Because everybody's situation, of course, is different. Yes. And um, so I'm, I want to, yeah, I wanted to kind of, the reason why I went to the simplest thing for someone who's like, you know, they, you know, just, you know, but they, they need an institution, you know, they, their finances is very low. So say, uh-huh. but to be honest with you, they do. Check it in and say actually a checking into savings. I know that sounds kind of rough. I know that says, well, that seems like it's too much, but it's not too much. A checking account is where your money needs to go into, whether it be direct deposit or monies that you ret- obtain through your job. Um, and that way you can write bills from it. You can transfer. We always recommend that you transfer that 20% off that said earlier to a savings account. Mm-hmm. But you got to think again, it's your mindset. You got to think in the future. I don't care if it's $25 in each account. You're still building. You're mm-hmm. still, your mm-hmm. mind is still changing. And once you get in that habit, mm-hmm. uh, at, like they say, 21 days to change a habit, once you get in that habit, it becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see things starting to develop. You'll see things, like I said, for those who are in a situation where they haven't been paying their bills on time, mm-hmm. they'll start getting the habit of paying their bills on time. It's statistically, there is a such a psychological uh advantage to do things like this and yes if you can do two savings account do it but a check-in and a savings definitely Mm because again your checking is your primary where you're you're interacting all the time we call it a transactional account Mm -hmm. where money's steadily going in and out your savings account is for that very mindset to save Mm -hmm. so you get a certain amount, at least 20%, or even do 50% if you can afford it to be transferred over into mm-hmm. your savings account. But at least you have one account to function as one apparatus and the other one as another, the savings account as another. Mm-hmm. Because again, you got to start off and you got to start off right. Because if you start off right, then you're in right, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Because I, and, and, and I'm trying, I everything you're saying is fabulous, but I'm just trying to it, it, um, keep it, keep it, um, grounded for the person who's like i don't even know where to go i don't even know what to do i don't even know who's the right bank to 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 to, to go with you know some some banks some banks offer offer so much that that, you know that this kind of checking everyday checking uh uh surplus checking and you know they go and they be like i don't know i I don't know what to ask for okay so when they first of all you need to do your research because th- this particular bank is going to have your money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that means something to you. Now, look, the love, we already know the love of money is the root of all evil, but you, we have to operate with money. Mm-hmm. You put that money into that account, you have to trust that bank. So mm-hmm. do your research. There are some banks right now, unfortunately, that uh, have gotten fines, have gotten um, sued because of their practices mm-hmm. uh, that they've done that was illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you want to go to a bank where, you know, you already in trouble with the federal government? Because most banks, the, the BBT not true is the the uh, 
Bank of America, the Wells Fargo, the, you know, and so on and so on. We are federally regulated. So we have to, we have laws from, even though we're separate entities, we still have to follow the regular government uh, based, uh, based um, policies. But of course we're different. So we can go on top of that and do our own thing. Yes. But at the end of the day, we're regulated. So we can't just do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. And but you got to think about that. So you got to do your research on the banks. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to ask people. You know, ask your family members. We have most of our clients go by hearsay because we don't do um, where I'm banking, where I bank, uh, where I work. We don't do a lot of advertising on television. However, most of our clients are word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And we're the fifth leading bank in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you got to do your research mm-hmm. and find out what bank. Now when you get there, right, bankers know some clients don't have an inclination of what they want. So we ask questions. Be willing to be open about your experience if you have any banking experience or if you don't. Mm-hmm. Be open to tell them if you're working and where you work because there's so many products and services out there for each and every individual. Banks are not monoliths, so we can't just assume any type of account is best for you until we have that conversation. So within my job, I see sometimes people do struggle because they're embarrassed because they never had an account and they're 50 years old. Mm-hmm. No need to shame them. Of course, it goes back to customer service and mm-hmm. making that client feel welcomed and, and feel, you know, but you got to be oh, it's a two way street. You got to be open and let the client talk to the individual that wants to help you um, to gain financial success. They don't want to put you into things that will um, do the opposite of what your goal is to do. Mm-hmm. So you just have to have that conversation because, like I said, a lot of banks have products and services services according will match according to the client's need mm-hmm. yeah well you know because you know once once one institution does something that is questionable then you watching the news you see that then it is it, it makes you say uh well how do i know that they're not already doing it and they just have, weren't caught you know so that's why i was asking you about you know the simplest form word of, of bank- yeah you yes, know word of mouth yes mm-hmm. yes the Help simplest the simplest form of, of banking, you know, um, I, I want, I know, because, because we're in those times where people are, um, doing fast banking. Okay. And, but and before I say that statement, let me just say this. Uh, I want to, I want to touch on this before we go to, to that department, because with, uh, payday loans, Okay. I think that payday loans is is the is is the crack of finance. Okay. That th- I think that's a good way to put it, you know. Um they put everything, you know, like they put the drug in the community. They put the payday loan buildings in the community. It is 12 million people using payday loans that make anywhere from $30,000 a year and below. So you making $30,000 a year and you are using a payday loan, you are digging your own grave. Okay. And then they have 14,300 listed in the country as storefront, storefront entities that people can walk into across the United States. 14,300. 
I don't even think some of these banks got that. <laughs> you know, one entity bank got that many places you can go into to get a payday loan. But it is 12 million Americans using payday loans on a regular on a regular basis. So. Let's talk to the people about. I know I know. It's hard to say that when you're not in it. And let me just say, I have used a payday loan before. So I am not saying this as a person who don't know any any better. Because I have gotten myself in a hole and, 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 and thought that that was how to get out. And what I did was when I got out, I looked back and I said, I'm never doing that again. Because now I'm still behind. With these other bills, I used it to get me out of the, the big heap. But now, you know, I'm not regulated with these other bills. And because I have a problem with paying my bills late, that just gave me more stress. So let's talk to the people a little teeny bit about payday loans before we go to the next segment of what I want to talk about. Okay. So payday loans are is predatory lending. Yep. And just like I said, they are predators. Um, most people go to those type of entities or, or um, establishments is because they can't get a regular loan. Um, most banks, to be totally uh, transparent, are very um, conservative. So you have to have your your um, Unfortunately, you have to have money to, to, to get money. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's situation is you don't have X amount of dollars, you're not going to get this loan. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about traditional banking, they're looking at your debt-to-income ratio, how much mm-hmm. money is coming in versus going out. Mm-hmm. They're looking at, and each bank make the determination of what that ratio is. Um, they look at, of course, your credit. Um, they, they look at a lot of different factors it's not just one mm-hmm. and that determines if they're going to give you that loan or not um when it, unfortunately when it comes to predatory lending they know if somebody's coming to me or coming to us more than likely they don't have the credit or they don't have the income per se with that so we're going to give them a smaller loan if they're looking for maybe like Five thousand. We're going to give them two thousand or a thousand, and we're going to charge them anywhere from thirty to forty percent, mm-hmm. versus depending on your credit, anywhere from two maybe to ten, eleven percent. Mm-hmm. You know, depending if it's uh, if it's secured or unsecured. Mm-hmm. So they they prey on those who can't, don't have, don't really can't afford it, and also those who are. Their, their credit is not where they need to be. And from my understanding, most of the time, people that are taking on payday loans, they don't even really need what, what what we would really classify as large amounts of money. Sometimes they need something like two hundred dollars. Yeah, but a lot. But most. And that's and that's. Um, most- yeah, but most places like that, most entities like that, including banks, have a certain amount that you have to get. So say for instance, the minimum amount amount you have to, to lend. And sometimes they'll they'll make it, you know, four or ten times more than what they need or whatever, because again, they know what their income is like because you have to present your income. Mm-hmm. They know that, you know, what your credit credit score is because 
you know, for the most part, you wouldn't be there if you couldn't get a regular loan. So that's why it's predatory, you know, because you're preying off the people and you're creating a cycle because mm. people go there mm-hmm. and they they borrow X amount of dollars. And then the next thing you know, they're right back in the same hole and then they're going right back. So it's repetitive, mm-hmm. you know, and then once you make a decision, I got to stop this as you did. Mm-hmm. And I got to find other means. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means go right back to the education. Mm-hmm. Um, Take, for instance, I've had people who come to me and we had that credit rehab. They said, hey, my, my scores are such and such and such. And of course, we we can't just go by their, their score, what they say their score is. Because believe it or not, some some people's score is not as bad as they think they're mm-hmm. And they were able to get the loan. Well, let's just say for those who do definitely know and they can't get the loan, that's where the credit rehab comes in to. Uh, let's talk about, um, let's look at your credit report. Or let's talk about, you know, what the things that you have out there that's, that's uh that's still existing that you haven't paid off or that you've been laid on or it's in collections let's start there and if they're willing to do it it does work it the credit does turn around if you're willing to learn that's why i said it's never too late to change your mindset about how you conduct yourself um especially in finances and like i said it's 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 remarkable how those who have let me help them with the credit report. Meaning, I see this, I see that, I see that. Is this yours? If you see that those are not yours, you can do a dispute. You can you are allowed a free credit report once a year, and you can dispute anything that's not on that that's on that credit report. I should say that is not yours. Um, if there's something that's it's been more than seven years or whatever. You can dispute that to get it off. And once you start looking at your credit report, that's suggested to every single person who is 18 years old or, and over who has applied or can apply if you have credit already. Mm-hmm. No one's on your credit report. Already attacking the first beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you have those things or whatever, then you don't have to go to those predatory uh Companies that want to take advantage of you and that's charging you a thousand times than what you're supposed to be uh, paying. That's why there was so much to do and still is when it comes to federal government because they've cracked down on that that uh, type of lending practices. Um, when Obama was in, in office, and, and, and you don't even hear about it that much anymore, but it's still going on. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so, and, and and like I said, most of the time, the people that are literally going there for the for the loans, it it will it it will be better if you knew a person that you could say. You think I can get two hundred dollars? I I promise you, I swear on you know whatever you got to say, you know, um to get two hundred dollars, then to put yourself in that particular hole because in a month's time, you know what I'm saying if you get paid weekly, you could pay that person off and still be on top, be be even kill at least. But mm-hmm. if you borrow, oh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, but if you borrow, if you if you if you borrow two hundred dollars and you got to pay back two hundred and eighty five dollars, eighty five dollars is one of your bills. Uh-huh. You see, right. so now you it's 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 no it's no it's no way. It's, it's no right. way that you're that you're that you're, that you're going to come out on 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 top. That's why budgeting is very important, but. You were about to say something. Um, if I could just, you know, 
just get in, in the, the, the hearts of people and the mind, um, the battle comes in the mind. The battle mm-hmm. starts in the mind. And you and you have to, and some people, you know, they have to get to a point or they have gotten to a point, I'm sick and tired, I'm sick and tired of living this way. Mm-hmm. I, I pray that it doesn't always have to happen to an individual getting a sick and tired and sick and tired to get in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it happens. But when it does, think about your behavior. Mm-hmm. And it just like going back and forth to these predatory lending places places and entities if you don't make a change nothing will change Mm -mm. doing the same thing and expecting a different result is what it's insanity Mm -hmm. so you have to take a stand and make have a made-up mind i'm going to do something different and if nothing else i'm going to learn and most often when i do have that credit counseling when we do have that credit counseling with people they are ready Mm -hmm. they are ready to move forward and Mm -hmm. they mean it Mm -hmm. and when they do that and they do take the necessary steps that we have suggested to them, they'll come back and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready now. I'm ready. And different banks have different, different tools to help them too. Mm-hmm. Um, like secure loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Unsecured lending like what we call a secure card is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a credit card that we offer. And with that credit card, it only not, it's money you have to put on the card, but it helps you to help rebuild your credit because when you charge and you make payments on it, it's reported to the credit bureau. Mm-hmm. So there are some entities that have that type of tool or product out there that can help too. So there's many different ways that we can help. You just got to know they exist. Mm-hmm. And knowing that they exist is having the knowledge. Yep, 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 yep. All righty then. So now... How do you feel about non-brick and mortar banks? Like, just, that's just. Well, <laughs> that's kind of tough because I say that because since I am a banker, you're talking about traditional versus non-traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back to the example of the uh, the loan, the lending places, the payday loans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um of course, as I said before, you can see the advantage by going trying to go through a bank than going to them mm-hmm. because it's going to set yourself up for a reoccurring of going back into debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone is saying, well, if I can't afford to, if I can't get one in the bank and I go there, at least I get the money. But we've already discussed why it would be a disadvantage. Um, and a bank would be advantage because if you can't get the loan, Sometimes you have somebody who trusts you enough that they'll be a co-borrower mm-hmm. and that can help pull you out of what you need to. Mm-hmm. That has happened in, uh, plenty of times. And then when the person got to the place where they can actually um, support themselves because they've got enough credit out there. When I say support themselves, I mean support them as far as credit wise. Themselves to a certain place, they refinance that same loan on their own, and mm-hmm. that takes the the burden off of that second code. Totally, yes. So that that's an example of traditional versus non traditional. Now, when it comes to like um, online banking, mm-hmm. which is a type of banking, yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to get in, in in the place of. Uh, calling out any particular one but i'm I'm talking about like the ones that say uh you can get your paycheck two days early blah blah you know th- this because these are all you know like okay but okay so that that right there is still uh, uh okay 
Okay, brick and mortar, but still at the, at the, at the same time, it's through a card, and they still have online banking. So, you know, okay, but I digress. Let's just stick with uh, a certain play, uh, um, entity, and since you don't want to get into names, I won't name the name, but there's names out there, a, a particular part, particular entity that's out there that's on TV all the time, and mm-hmm. they say no fees here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can bank with us, mm-hmm. okay? There's no fees. There's no a minimum balance requirement. Um, things of that 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 nature, and that is a plus for mm-hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. But there's there's also hidden things behind it. So you know what? So that's a pro and con. So yeah, that's that's what I, that's kind of like where I want you to go. And plus okay. the factor that you. You know, you. I, I like my bank because I like the fact that something goes awry and I don't have the words to be able to get myself together. I got a building I can go in and I can say, "Hey, look, look at this," and they be like, "Okay, well, all right, Miss Thornton, we see, we see. Oh, let's fix this." When you're dealing with online banking, you got to get your whole head together and be having your numbers together and all that when you get a call this customer service. You, you, you seem opposed to being able to go in and speak to a person such as yourself. But go ahead. Okay. So let's just go back to the situation where whether it be online banking or the particular entity that you can put or your money into their establishment. So the pros to that is it's it provides you um, some sort of security, like I said, when it comes to fees and things and such of that nature. So if everybody, nobody wants to pay an overdraft fee or uh, have a minimum balance requirement, you pay a fee. Um, and more importantly, it's convenient, you know, um, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. They can bank from anywhere they want to, whether from home or whatever, at any given time, mm-hmm. right? But in, So those aren't necessarily pros to it, but there's cons too, because sometimes most often, when they go to withdraw, the withdrawal fees at ATMs are higher. Mm-hmm. Way. Um, and, 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 it, and, and it provides limited service. And what I mean by that is, because that versus a bank, bank has much, many more products and services that can help the client. When it comes to, okay, I can't, I can't resist. I'm going to say fine, okay? Chime is, is, is very popular right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up there. People love it, and that's and that's fine. Because at the end of the day, whether I give pros and cons and say one is better than the other, it's up to the individual consumer. Because it goes back to their interest. It goes back to the time uh, that they have invested. Meaning some of them don't, can't get off work because they work so late. Mm-hmm. So those parts are a convenience to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... When it comes to a traditional bank, they have so much more. Meaning, we have services for the business, for the regular consumer, and for the business. We have services and products. We have insurance. We have safe deposit boxes. We have um, uh, mortgage lending. I mean, there's so many different things that you have. And most important, you know, the number one thing that clients, if you were to survey them and ask them, what's the number one thing that they uh, they like about a bank? Is face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that face-to-face interaction that outbeats one of those cards every day. It's being even if it's not face-to-face, being able to actually talk to someone mm-hmm. about your issues. If you're having issues with that that card or that having issues with that online banking, and I mean not just one resource, but a plethora of mm-hmm, resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
there's pros and cons to everything. You know, yes, some banks, web banks charge us fees, but what they try to do is according to what you are accustomed to, meaning some people can get direct deposit. Most banks, they will not charge you a fee if you got direct deposit. If you keep a certain amount, most banks will not charge you a fee. And there are people out there who can obtain X amount of dollars. Everybody's not poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's not poor. So it goes back to the consumer and what the consumer deems important to, to them. Because some And some people don't want to come in the bank. Mm-hmm. They, they strictly like the online. Um, they are always on the go because we have clients sometimes that come in on the weekends because they're traveling. They're they're gone all the time or they just don't get off until late at night and they still want to see somebody. Mm-hmm. So they come inside. Well, that's why that's why I stated that that's that's the that's the thing for me. Um, you know, all of these entities and places where you can't even call to, um, you know, just, um, go over to Cash App. Cash App does not have a customer service division. You have to email somebody who has to email you back. Okay, so now I got to wait what you deem is an adequate amount of time, which I think most places is like 72 hours. What they don't say, that's 72 business hours, which means what? <laughs> that's a week. That's right. That's right. And, and, and by saying that, you know, we we know from what we heard, if we haven't experienced it, they're not just cash out, but sell or whatever. Those those apparatuses have a lot of uh, fraud. Yep. Overturned with fraud. Yes. And it's so frustrating when you somebody, you know, defrauds you or whatever the situation is. And you can't contact somebody right yep. then and right mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. At least when you go inside that bank, there's somebody who can assist you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go inside, you can get a re- uh, resolution, mm-hmm. you know. That Even if you don't get a resolution, you have somebody there with an empathetic ear that is your, that's listening to what you're saying in reference to the situation. Well, we are getting down to the wire here. So I want to I want to reiterate on some things. And kind of kind of touch base back on them again. First of all, you should start banking as soon as possible. So if you have been poor in your banking habits, I would advise if you have teenagers that now is the time that you advise them. Come on, let me take you to the bank. Let me get you on the right path. Because I, I do believe that that is the problem uh, with with money. Uh, I know that I'm going to give my own personal experience. Um, I know that uh, what I did years ago, um, I had a, I had a couple of days off from work because I was sick and I had promised to take the children somewhere and they just could not understand that now my finances couldn't allow me to do that. So I just took the piece of paper and told, and told them what my, my paycheck was and everybody who had to pay. And I said, y'all start subtracting it. And they did it. I said, so now I still got to pay for y'all lunches. Y'all subtract that from there. And then I started doing it. And when we got down to the bottom of it, I had $40, for like $43 or something like that left. And they was like, I said, so uh, um, now y'all still want to go to the movies and do what? And eat out? Well, make it happen with that. Make it Make it happen. Until next Friday. And don't y'all ask. I ain't gonna have no food between <laughs> You know. Because I think that we don't allow our kids to really look at money as it is. We just swipe and pay. 
swipe and pay, swipe and pay. So I'm saying that to say, what is your what is your uh, pretense between cash and the debit card? So, like I said before, it goes back to the consumer, and, mm-hmm. and let me explain. Um, in banking, we teach that it's best to have a debit card. Mm-hmm. We teach that because by any chance, if you were to lose your cash, you can't replenish that cash. But if you use your debit card, if it's lost or your information is stolen, you will have zero liability. Mm-hmm. So what money you did lost, you're able to regain. Mm-hmm. We also tell the client that you always want to make sure that you have a backup resource. Mm-hmm. So let's just say if you did have cash and then you lost your cash, you have a debit card if you need to have money right then and there. Mm-hmm. You can use that as a ne- not necessarily a necessity, but it, it could be um, like a backup plan for mm-hmm. some people because some mm-hmm. people have in their mind. And it's not just older people, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Young people who have been taught by older people, you know, about electronics and things like that. Because, again, it's a pro and con to everything. Mm -hmm. Now, cash does give you a little better way to control your spending Mm -hmm. because you know what you have. Because some people have a go back to discipline. They have whatever they have in their hand is what they're going to actually spend or spend up to a certain Mm -hmm. amount. And then when it comes to the debt card, some people have the same type of mindset, too. Um, and but it all goes back to the discipline. That's why I said it's a pro and con for everybody. It depends on where you are individually, mm-hmm. what you're spending. Um, now, a debit card is a wonderful thing to have. Like I said, in case you lose your cash, you have a backup. Because you never want to be somewhere and you lose that. You know, it drops out of your pocket or whatever, whatever. And the next thing you know, you don't have, you don't have any other resources with you and you're stuck somewhere and you're not at home. Mm-hmm. At least you've got that debit card where you can actually purchase what you need to purchase. Mm-hmm. 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 And that being said, with that example, we have clients who, you know, you have to teach them again. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the same thing, education. Um, because they feel that, you know, well, what about all these things out there where your information could be stolen and this and that or whatever. And that's true. And that's a, that's a, concern and it's a number one concern when it comes to debit cards but again you have zero liability if someone were to use it you get your money back and not only that you have capability let's just say you lost your debit card you have capability to actually block your card from your phone Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about calling the bank and, and saying hey i lost my card i'm waiting for customer service you can immediately Go into your online bank, providing that you have it, which is another tool that we suggest the clients get. Mm-hmm. And you can have more control of your not only your spending, but what goes on with your card. You can turn it off. As soon as you know that you have lost it or you are uh, unaware at the time that somebody stole your information, but then you have a right, you have a choice to go in there and turn it right off. You have the capability, I should say, to turn it off. So there's pros and cons to everything that we offer. Okay. Well, whew, we have put a plethora of knowledge out there. And, and you guys, I hope that I know we were all around the place because it's so much knowledge when it comes to finances. Um, So I'm just going to kind of flash back through. OK. All right. Financial freedom is a mindset. OK. It's a t- determination of knowing, hey, I have to do better. 
Know better, do better. Okay. Now for me, um, she made made it very clear. Knowledge, planning, and budgeting. Okay. And as I stated before, if you are not writing down your money and saying who you're going to pay, which that's budgeting and planning in itself. And then you can determine, hey, I need to buy a, I need to buy a new couch. You can start saying in this in savings account number one, this is where I put money that I'm trying to get something. Saving account number two is where I'm paying myself because you said to have a checking and two savings. So, so you have a mindset. OK, it's never too late to start over. I love that one. It's never too late. Be determined, have a great mindset, and be disciplined. Now, discipline is probably the area where got us right here in the first place, not being disciplined. Um, but as with anything, it's a mindset. And as she said, most of the time when the people came in the bank and said, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready because what? They are tired of falling short. Fall, when, you, when you're tired of falling short, is it then you're like what you know what you say who who you bank with you know and for me i love the credit union because the credit union to me is the um staple of second chances they give a lot of second they give a lot of second chances to people that's where i got my second chance from i just called them up and said hey i am i'm in a bind i had a1 credit and I don't know where I went wrong. And I didn't even know I had A1 credit until it was gone. <laughs> till it was till it was gone. And so um, with that, the, the credit recovery came into place. And it was just a whole bunch of little teeny medical bills and things like that just holding you back, which you wouldn't even think at that time. So sometimes I'm saying this part to say, Every person that's listening, if you have not gotten your free credit report from all of the agencies, then please, by all means, get your free credit report. Donna, do you know right off the top of your head um, the uh, um, freecreditreport.com? Just to go to that one. I know about that one, but I know that one will allow you to get it from each one of the um, agencies. All right, you guys. Yeah. It doesn't provide a score, but it should allow you to get a credit report from all three agencies. Yes. And you don't need to score. What you need to do first is just worry about what you see. You know, if you don't see nothing up there, then it's time to start building. And then that's when you will go and say, hey, I need to I need to do some things to build credit. And then that will come in with that secure card she was uh, making mention of um previously you know to to get you established i became established when i was a young woman with a furniture uh account i i, I went and I, I got some lamps and that's where i started and i got those lamps and i paid them off and then um when i paid them off they said well you need something else and i said yes sir i need a bedroom set and he says all right then well let's get this and i, I got a bedroom set and i paid them off and that's how i established credit when I did not know I was establishing credit, I was ignorant. Okay. All I had done is saw my mom be able to go into Haynes, get it and pay for it. 
And I just thought, as long as you pay them, when they say pay them, that's how you do it. And, you know, my ignorance worked in my favor, but that is not the way that you should be out there building credit. Because now we have more knowledge uh, uh, and more entities to, to work with us than we have ever before. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to let Miss Donna take a few minutes to just take us on home. Boom and go. Well, thanks again, um, Kay, for allowing me to come and speak to your audience. Uh, I just pray that, uh, again, everyone has gotten some some sense of financial information where they can start now. It's never too late to start now because now is the time. And when you talk about now, you're talking about being active and making that, that decision again. I'm going to do things different. Because I cannot do the same thing and expect different results. So um, I just want to say this. Psalms 23 and 7 says, so as a man thinketh, so is he. If you think I'm financially free, you are free. Who, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So go, get up, think positive, declare that you're going to change your mindset today. And you're going to do whatever it takes. That means if you need to go to your local bank or you need to research a bank to go to a bank to get financial advice, which we call or credit rehab, do so. Promise you, there are a lot of people out there who will talk to you for free to give you some type of direction. And can't do better if you don't know better. So prayerfully, you know better, you do better. Thanks again, Kim. Alrighty then. All right then, you guys. So I hope you can you've taken something away from this, a, a tidbit from one of these things. The thing I hope that you took away more than anything is to get yourself some knowledge. And the main knowledge, if you are using payday loans, want, do whatever you can. I'm gonna give you this tidbit: what I did to release myself when I received my income tax check, which I've never used my income check tax check for pleasure i've always used it to pay off something that's why over the years when i back back when my kids were younger and i was getting eight thousand seven thousand all of this money i didn't use it for that i put a portion into savings and then i used the other portion to pay off at something that i had that needed to go please rescue yourself from the payday loan Please, if you get your income tax check um, this time and you are not about to be evicted or something like that, take that money, get them people their money and never look back. Use that opportunity with it about to be tax time and you get your money back. Use this opportunity to go ahead and start yourself towards financial freedom. This is your time to do that. This is the best time to do that, to move forward. And into the year of 2022, ooh, <laughs> 2022, and um, and to free yourself financially, use your income tax check. And if you're not getting one, just get disciplined and start. Okay. Alrighty then. So we're gonna have Miss um, Fulcher come back again and talk to us in a little while. Um, probably be like maybe March. After the income taxes start flowing in and we can we can attack people while they still got the juicy money in their hands. Um, they may not be willing to listen then because they have money in their hands. But hopefully they will. 
As with anything, i like to thank you all for listening to another segment of Life Through K's Eyes. Financial freedom is the way. All right? Love you guys to life. Mwah.